Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige podcast. Today, we are going to be ending our silence. We're going to be talking about the show that everybody else apparently is talking about on the Internet. It's widely hailed as one of the best shows on television. It's on HBO, HBO Max. It's Succession. It boasts a seventh best television show of 2021 rating from my TV critic hero, Alan Sepinwall, who was reluctantly won over after two seasons of indifference by what, by all accounts, is a blistering season three. Hmm. Uh, you can credit Greg for being the person that says, you know what, I'm going to stop talking about getting Jim and Aaron to watch this damn show, and I'm going to start to get a being about getting Aaron and Jim to watch this show. Went to support.baldmove.com, took out his money, slapped it right there on the capstan head and said watch these two episodes you fucker uh now if you know about our commission process if you know anything about our commission process we go through a vetting procedure where like someone says hey here's some money watch this thing and i'd be like hey you know what me and jim have both seen that we love it it's gonna make a great podcast or we haven't seen it but it's got a really good reputation it's probably gonna make an interesting podcast to like Oh boy, Jim and I just really don't see eye to eye with this content. It's really kind of risky, bro. You sure you want to risk your money? Uh, I said that. I said, here's here's a direct quote. I said to Greg, I said, I will say Succession is a bit of a controversial pick since I publicly expressed the fact that I'm not super into the whole premise of the series. Jim seeing the entire first season was underwhelmed. I'd say there's a pretty good chance we won't be super positive about any one, two episodes of Succession, but maybe we will. Just want to be upfront about the risks of this project. Greg said, I am very, capital letters, very familiar with your position on succession. I understand it's controversial. I'm fully prepared for you guys not to like it, and it will be fine. Aaron, I've been so frustrated with you not taking the time to watch even an episode or two of succession. You complain about the dearth of prestige television, yet will not sample the most critically acclaimed show in the zeitgeist. I understand your disdain for billionaires and give my theory about why much of the viewing public enjoys watching shows about them and why the universe makes for compelling television as part of my observations. All right. So he went in with this project. Why is eyes wide open? He's about to get, he's about to get the, the thing he wants. Jim, what's your opinion of succession? What's your relationship with succession? And what do you think about it? Uh, so as you mentioned before, a uh, couple of years ago, back when it was airing, when season one was airing, uh, I picked it up and I watched the first season. And as you also mentioned, I was underwhelmed. I did not pick up season two when it came back because um, I really couldn't care less about these characters. Uh, and I found that my opinion did not change in the second viewing. I do not understand why I should care at all about the events going on. On, on screen um and i've seen a lot of people say and and this i don't know maybe this is true of some shows that i've seen certainly but i'm not a big fan of people saying you can't have an opinion if you've only watched x number of episodes of this show people mm. will say like you need to why don't you go watch this show and then you can have an opinion on it uh no sorry it doesn't work like that like the the job of the pilot is supposed to be to hook me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This show does exactly the opposite. I think the pilot is repulsive Um, and not in its quality, like of filmmaking or anything, but the people on screen and the actions depicted make me not want to engage at all with their stories because they are such pricks across the board. 
Um, with the exception of maybe the daughter who, fuck, I don't know her name. Shiv. Shiv, yeah. Uh, she, but Shivan. she's a, but she's a nothing, right? Like they don't give her much characterization at all in that first episode. It's just like she's there while Kendall is getting the the characterization, and Roman, Jesus Christ, and Logan are kind of the main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I come away from. That that first episode, especially being like, I don't like any of these people, and I don't give a shit um, about their plight, whatever that might be. Uh, we can talk about that later, but I, I don't know. This it didn't change my opinion watching it again. And I've, like I said, I've been through the first season. I I think there's some interesting drama there, but the backdrop of it is these terrible people being terrible to each other, and the show asking me sort of to engage with them, and I just. I can't get there. I really can't. Yeah, I you, you, something I've talked about before in Bald Move is it took me a long time to get into shows, especially like Always Sunny. Like I remember watching the first couple of seasons of that and just being like, um, or not, no, I'm not in that first couple of seasons. I'd watch an episode or two and be like, oh my God, I'm getting secondhand embarrassment from watching these idiots blunder about their lives it's like watching it's it's like i I never could make it through those early weeks of american idol too where they would have some god-awful singer who you can tell comes from a privileged background and no one's ever told them that they suck and some people really liked it when like uh you know infamous prick uh what was that guy's name simon cow with the v-neck uh hair sprouting sweater some people really liked him putting those people in this place. I just felt bad. I was like, man, there's no one that really authentically loves you enough to tell you that, oh, honey, this isn't it. You know, I love your voice. I love you singing. You're my daughter. Uh, you're my son. You're my best friend, whatever. But like Simon Cowell is going to eat you alive. Don't you understand that? There's not enough Paula Abdul seal claps in the world to take the <laughs> what he's going to do to damage yourself. Yeah, dogs in the world. <laughs> not enough. Not enough. Ain't it, dogs, to soften the blow of what this this guy is. This human velociraptor is going to do to you, man. Yeah. Uh, so I and and I find that um, the way I engaged with material like Always Sunny and to a lesser extent um, Arrested Development is like oh. These aren't human beings like I'm conditioned to think of them. They're more like Jersey Shore cast members. They're they're they they I, I they don't really have hopes and ambitions other than to be they're they're human crash dummies dummies. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to like seeing them being hurled violently against things and failing. Um, I feel like this show is this extremely highbrow version of Always Sunny. Um and uh, arrested development but it has this undercurrent of humanizing the characters in such a way that i'm always uh finding it difficult to find to have that remove you know like when dennis is a rapist on always sunny it's kind of funny because the show is like aware of the fact that he is a psychopath and you're supposed to think it's repulsive and you're comfortable Whereas, like, there's many times where in this show, like, I'm not sure that the show understands why these people are repulsive or is it saying at the very end of it, but but don't you really like him? Don't you just love seeing Roman pop off? Don't you just... And, like, I at the end of the day, I'm like, no. Like, yeah, I don't know. And, like, so, like, so well, the other thing is, like, with, go with, ahead. Always, with Always Sunny, I mean, crucially, Always Sunny is hilarious. It's... I was that's it's the other jokes. thing. It's constant jokes. This is not I, like I don't find this show funny in the least. And I, I'm I'm currently watching Veep, which is 
akin to this show. Um, it's about, you know, a, a vice president who has a, a cadre of idiots around her, essentially, um, and is always stepping in messes. And I, I think that show is relentlessly funny as well. Um, th- there are very bad people in basically every position in that show, mm. but it's comedy. This is not comedy. I, at least I don't think this is, it's certainly not primarily comedy. This is primarily yeah. a drama. I can get behind laughing at idiots who fuck uh-huh. up their lives and pay, pay for it. But this stuff where it wants me to identify with these people and feel sorry for them in any way just does not work for me. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, I'll disagree with you. Cause I think the show is fairly funny and witty like i thought it was funny when greg was throwing up through the eye sockets of this you know theme park mascot i mean that's just fucking funny yeah uh i thought it was funny when uh roman made the suggestion to hey what if us siblings actually talked about our feelings and how we thought about their dad and the other ones just start doing a muppet show of like what a ridiculous i and like that approaches the like okay if if they're going to be Cause man, I just thought one to one Kindle is just Job, like a less self aware if a Job from Arrested Development. Um, and it's funny when like the you know Justin Bateman and his sister and her brothers are all terrible to each other. But like again, I want to engage with it on that level. But the show then like introduces some real pathos about this guy's daddy issues and what right. a terrible asshole his father was. But there's this like, and, and the other thing is like. Uh, if you're going to do a show, something on a show about terrible people, you either have to be very funny and not make me care about them, or you have to really slow build that. Like, for example, um, I'm thinking like Walter White, right? Yeah. Walter White, uh, you can really identify with him because he's kind of a down on his luck schlub. He's he's he secretly thinks he's, you know, brilliant or made for destined things. He's got this kind of humble background. He's got money troubles and he's got a family that's relatable. And then you know, when he first finally kills a person, it's because he's gotten into something because of the, you know, he's trying to take care of his family and it's all in self-defense. Like the show doesn't ask you to excuse truly depraved behavior Mm -hmm. until, you know, the plot advances a little bit. This first episode, like within five minutes of meeting Kindle, I'm meeting, I think his ex-wife and she's saying, Oh no, I loved having the cocaine residue on the kids. iPads. Like, I don't think that was a joke in the sense that she's saying like, this is how bad, like, I think this is an actual example of things that he did when he was going on one of his benders. I'm like, well, that's, that's just a terrible person. And then Uh, Roman, I mean, Roman is just a piece of shit. Uh, Like that baseball game is mortifying. I fucking hate that guy at the end of that thing. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of that stuff going on. And I'm just like, because at the end of the day, like Walter White, you can feel because he's kind of being forced into situations. The problem with these people is not only they're terrible and nice real like that. What's that Connor guy who's like, I'm going to buy up all the water because water will be more expensive oh, than gold. And just like just right? repulsive shit. Telling this little girl about it. Yeah, fuck. And like, it, I don't know that. Yeah, to, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's it's it, and, and it's the same thing about like why I don't get down with stuff like Sicario anymore. Um, is that like I I just am so sick of like the war on drugs that any attempt to kind of glamorize or make that look cool, yeah. Um, I it just it's just it's just it, I I can't see it as entertainment. I've seen too many documentaries, 
And when I see things like in the wealth disparity show on, on this show, like I keep coming back because like, okay, I can feel sorry for what's happening to this guy. But you know what? Instead of your whatever fucking campaign that's costing $100 million, how about you just take $100 million and just fuck off and get therapy for the rest of your life? Right. Stop you, hurting had, people. Yeah. Yeah. Stop hurting people to prove yourself to your father who's never going who's like. And and I I can I can understand like if you're working class and you're dealing with those issues because like you don't have access to help and you know you need this uh like success or you're not going to eat right but when you're talking about like the yacht these people have at the end of season two kind of wealthy right it's like they drive out to this so, so it, there there is a wild swing from like the first episode of the series to the end of season two where we because we watched the episode one and we watched the finale of season two so a lot of stuff has happened between there and i know some of that stuff that's happened but i never watched season two so um you get to a point where like you're going out with logan and kendall to a meeting that doesn't go their way so they can't like sell the company so i I guess like there was some scandal about their cruise lines or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I guess they need to go private to cover that up or something. I I don't really know how that's going to affect like any kind of investigation on the legality of their actions, but whatever. Um, And the meeting doesn't go their way. And I'm just like watching them drive back on their million dollar speedboat to their hundred million dollar yacht. And I'm like, None of these people are ever going to feel any of the repercussions of their actions. Like, mm. okay, so Kendall does two years in jail or something if this goes wrong. Who gives a fuck? He gets out. He's still one of the richest people on the planet. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Who so, like, what is it? Who you know? So, like, yeah. Like when when Dennis gets one over on D or D gets one over on Frank. I never like. I, I saw people in chat. Like, did you fist pump at the end of? season two and I'm like why would you be thrilled that Kendall got one over on his old man because Ken, his old man was trying to get one over on Kendall because it seems like from what I could understand of the plot the the investors really wanted uh, Logan to take the fall uh-huh. they really wanted his skull on the yeah. flag to wave around and he was saying that oh I'm the one person that can't go mm-hmm. so like him fucking over his own father I, I it's it's like, implies that there's, I it, get it, why people would like that, but yeah, but like they're all like, but but Kendall doesn't deserve to not go to jail, right? Probably. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I know some of the stuff he does in season one, and yes, he does not deserve to not go to jail, <laughs> right? And like I like to me, the heroes of the show are um, I, like the the guy who owned the company who's trying to successfully repel uh, Kendall. Like I, if I was watching season one, I would be rooting for him to win, right? But I don't even know what that means. Like, um, but but I, so I, I understand why people do like the show because I think it is got clever writing. Like, there's just little things uh-huh. like uh, when his ex-wife apologized for being twenty or late, and he's like, "Oh, you're within the twenty minute like uh, what do you say? You're within the twenty minute margin of error." Like that, he's got this un you know just like unexplained rule that like, well, if you're within twenty minutes of the time, like that's good enough, right? Um, the Greg like calling his mom and you know like you're gonna have to go to your uncle and kind of like put on a dog and pony show so he'll help you out and he starts whining about I have to wear a blade like just how 
how entitled they all are is I can see that being kind of funny and a laughing up your sleeves at the rich people. Um, and it's extremely well shot. It's extremely well acted. Sure. Um, they do have like the like, you know, sales out, nails out like jokes that I think land pretty well. But yeah, I just keep coming back to the fact that I I, I don't understand why, like you said, I should care about these people because it doesn't seem like anything's real. None of them uh, are are better than one or the other. There's no heroes to root for. Yeah, um, that's the that's the real problem. And it's, and, it's, and that's fine too, but it's just not funny or like shocking enough. Uh, I mean, there are some shocking things that happen th- uh, throughout season one of the stuff I've seen, um, and I guess that season two finale is probably really shocking in context. But like, yeah, it's just not it's not enough to overcome the if, the, the indifference to these people's plight that I feel. Um, because they're doing it to themselves, you know, and it's funny to watch idiots do it to themselves in always sunny because they're terrible people. It's not nearly as funny here. And it's also wanting me to identify and sympathize with these people, which, or at least empathize with them. And I can't, I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Cause all their problems uh, can be solved by them just not doing terrible things to, to each other and to other people. Like, come on. And also, a lot of the corporate the the corporate d- room dynamics I saw seem kind of ludicrous. It's all just people talking and max corporate speak with a bunch of pornography uh, putting in. Like, you know, it's like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to advance the points to twenty. We're going to unpoison the pill. We're going to unfuck the duck. We're going to slurp down the gravy and cradle the balls, and then we're going to deliver this all on a rose petaled asshole. What do you say? And I'm like. Who fucking talks? I, 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 I don't know. Talks like this, and I can sometimes get down with like the stuff Taren, that Aaron like Sorkin Aaron Sorkin does. by way of Tar- Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, and everything is like it's it kind of like it it it, it re- reminded me of like late game House of Cards, where it's like they had run out of all the clever ideas of how this uh, government malfeasance would go, and they're just kind of like getting really off the rails. I felt like that, like what we know of Enron and the big short and like is a like and and Wall Street is amoral enough we have to like really come right. out you know and and sell this on people that don't understand how it works um yeah i mean veep is like that too but i again i think veep is much funnier um and, and i don't know some, some of the the writing i think is witty right i think roman as a character is very witty mm-hmm. um at times kindle can be witty uh but it's just it's not enough to get it across the finish line for me. And there's also like I think that there's like a um, maybe you haven't seen BoJack Horseman. A lot of this stuff where they're deal grappling with generational family issues uh, that like this one. I think this is Kendall's girlfriend who used he used to party with and get in the coke. But she's cleaned up and maybe he's cleaned up and the dad can't see it. Because, again, I'm just watching the, the first episode of season one and last season two. Um, and she tells him like, you know, your father loves you, but he loves the broken you. And so long as you keep trying to like earn his affection within that framework, it's always going to end up fucked up and bad. That's a pretty profound statement, but it's also stuff that's been well covered in, like I said, Bojack Horseman, um, and Bojack Horseman again, as a much funnier show, much wittier show. Uh, it's hard to contextualize that, right? Cause I've seen, uh, Kindle and everything I've seen from Kindle is broken. It's not like there's some version of him that I know that isn't broken. And maybe season two gets there. I don't know, but 
yeah, I mean, the broken version of him is still him. So the other thing that I kept on, I, I keep on thinking about a couple years ago. I can't remember if it was season one or season two of Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history, but he does a whole unit, maybe a couple of episodes on satire. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's well established that like, you know, satirists, you know, that's like, that's that, that what's drives public change, right? It actually drives people to action. It, it, uh, you know, uh, bring, bring humbles, the powerful, uh, uh, it, it allows people to lampoon the rich and powerful and, and, and bring them down to our level. So they're, you know, it's, it's essentially all good things. Well, Malcolm Gladwell looked and said, there's like two purposes that this stuff serves. Like there's an initial effect of shining a flashlight on a problem that maybe has been hidden and give you a new way to kind of think of it. But like he, and he did several studies of like uh, things that happened in Australia, the UK, uh, Israel, and I think one, an Eastern European country to kind of like mix around. It's not just English speaking world, but there was case after case after case where like satire of things does essentially normalizes it. Mm-hmm. That like, if you make a character like, for example, Donald Trump on Saturday night live, uh, over the course of four years of making fun of him and making him into a joke, people kind of like that version of him. It happened with George Bush with Will Ferrell. Uh, it, it happened with the like you know, Margaret Thatcher Tory era in in, in, in uh, the UK. Uh, that people kind of like I this is an asshole and he tells it like it is and he's also funny. Kind of like him, and I feel like that's the spell this show puts on you is to make these terrible people that no one should feel sorry for like to the extent that anyone should feel sorry for them. They, they are the one people in this world that have the resources available to make all of their problems go away. Mm-hmm. They have, they have the best information that money can buy. They have the best personal trainers, the best psychologists, doctors. Uh, if, when their family member has a fucking stroke, they're in a helicopter. They can just divert to Bethesda and, and save his life. I don't have that. I mean, my father lives in fucking Rushville, Indiana. He's probably an hour away from a level one trauma center at best. You know what I'm saying? Like, I the the buffoonery that goes on this show, I think, normalizes is in, in a way that is, is you don't have to believe me. Like, go listen to fucking Malcolm Gladwell and argue with him. He's done the research like in a, in a real provable, systematic, studyable way um, changes how you feel about this stuff in the real world. And I think that's scary. Yeah. When I look out at the landscape of, of nowadays, like when when Connor's joking about owning a water aquifer that yeah. a third of the United States might might depend to survive. I, I think two things. Number one, what an amoral asshole that is going to hold people that are starving and, and droughting to death. The thirst. Uh, what, a de- what, what do you call that? The dying Dehydrate. of thirst. Yeah. You're going to hold them over the barrel for money. And number two. Why does he think we would let ever let that happen? And then the the other realization is like, oh shit, what if he's right? What if mm-hmm. the state would be like, well, he owns the fucking water. You guys should have thought about buying your fucking aquifer 30 years ago. Now you're dying in the, you know, Nebraska that's now a fucking desert. Like uh, these are just like cascading nightmares of mine and the show is just like, ha ha, what a funny guy, this Connor. How, 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 what, a, what yeah. a rude boy he is, you know? Yeah. And to your point, even if the point of that scene is to show that this guy is an amoral asshole, uh, it, it 
gets that idea in people's heads and then you watch him do something funny in the next scene and think, oh, that's an okay guy, you know? He's, well, what a hilarious guy. And then it normalizes all of his actions because he's now an endearing character. Yeah. Yeah. So and, every, it, and that's the thing with Roman. Like, they make him such an asshole in that first episode, but over the course of the series, like, he is very quippy he is very sarcastic and fun in some scenes and it's like those things help to normalize the true asshole that he is in that first episode and like i said there's i i I, again i get why people think it's good uh or um why think people i i get why people I, i when i say think it's good that that seems demeaning I understand why people are able to engage with the truly good things about the show, the excellent things about the show without bringing my personal baggage into it. But I hope that people understand from my perspective why, like if HBO was the green light, a Sicario series about a gritty, you know, uh, expose of the drug war between, you know, uh, the U S uh, DEA and the federales in Mexico and all these people in cl- like, I, and it was even if it was like headed up by Damon Lindelof, I would not be excited about that. Not because of the perceived quality, just be, but, but because like I'm just kind of over that kind of storytelling. Now it could be because like why are you into the wire? Well, the wire does not glorify shit, man. <laughs> right. Like it might come close with Omar, but no one yeah. watches uh, the wire and walks around thinking like, man. What they do in the Baltimore Police Department is fucking badass. Those gangbangers on the street, they're like, they are to be envied and admired. And like, I can't help but think that there's a little bit of admiration when these guys are like just living these crazy lavish lifestyles and being catered to like uh, and and bending people to their will and fucking them over the board. Like I can't in, in the same way that like Donald Don Draper was seductive that way. Like it. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest mistake of this show, in my opinion, and granted, people love this show, so that's just yeah. my opinion, man, uh, is not to is to not have an audience proxy. I, I don't think Greg is sufficient. I think Greg is a guy who desperately wants to get into this world and will do whatever it takes to get in. He's incompetent in in ways they like keep him at arm's length, but uh, Greg is not a good enough audience proxy for me. For me, I need somebody who looks around at the shit he's seeing and goes, this is all fucked up and you are terrible people. What is what are you doing? And is repulsed by it. Instead, he wants in on it. And it is. It, yeah, it's it's not it's not a me proxy. It might be some of the audience proxy, but it's not a me proxy. Plus, he's a complete idiot. That's the other thing yeah, that makes it like. So, uh, um, but um, I could have sworn he was played by the same guy that plays Jonah in Veep. You know that that tall, oh, lanky. Yeah, yeah, well, what's yeah. with the lanky, lanky buffoons in shows? Like, I feel like they're doing a lot of that stuff. I feel like it, they're making up for the short, the short bald buffoons that oh, were yeah, so, so endemic. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. whiplash so now, from Costanza. Now they're stretching them out, giving them great hair. Yeah, and uh, just no brains, <laughs> no brains within their ears. Like, we can talk about some of the actual like plot and and what like some of that is going on there because I. I think there's some interesting things that I might be interested in if there weren't all awful people. Um, I do wonder what Logan is doing, um, especially when it comes to Kendall. Like he he seems to be wanting to get his kids on track for taking over his company, but 
his methods are kind of strange. Um, it, what is his intention with Kendall? Is it just to piss him off until he gets angry enough to be the warrior that he wants him to be? Because that's that's kind of the impression I get. It I don't know because Logan is a like so that that would say that Lo- Logan's got some kind of like love or affection for his children. As far as I can tell, he it's more of like oh my god my spawn is just not up to this and I want to cling to life and power as long as I can because I'm never going to trust these guys to run this company as long as I'm alive yeah I mean where we start is weird because everybody is kind of out of the company except for Kendall who Logan thinks is not ready to take over right Um, and there's like like Roman's out Shiv is out and he's trying to bring them back into the company uh, or is he trying? Because like, there's also this stepmother, Marcia or Marcy. Yeah, Marcy is what they call. And him. until it became clear to me that she was his, uh, I don't know which n- number of wife uh, she is. I thought she was like his major domo. Like she carried herself too, yeah. like like uh, like like uh, a, a Pepper Potts from the first Iron Man. Like just the guy, the woman who does anything for this guy. I honestly thought she might have been his nurse in that first scene. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, or it could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the um, it also gave me a lot of um, in Winning Time. There's a strong strong female character in Winning Time who's like the the CEO of the Laker organization. Yeah, or remind me of that character. And then she's um. So there's. And the other thing is, like, I don't know if Logan's well in that first season. So here, yeah, I want to talk about this because this is a problem I had with the entire first season is I felt like something about the portrayal of this old man, this old stubborn asshole who kind of won't die, but is in very poor health was just off. I, I felt like they swung too far in each direction. Like one episode, he'd be pissing into a corner in, in a day's in the middle of the night, not knowing who he is or where he is. And then the next episode, he'd be, you know, hard charging on some fucking deal and, and, you know, really pressing, pressing issues and stuff. And I'd be like, is this guy sick or not? I, I can't really tell. And I know that can be right. true of some, you know, mental, uh, mentally degrading illnesses. Certainly you have mm-hmm. good days and bad days, but it felt to me like it was, it's very swingy. They didn't have like a cohesive thing. I couldn't, I couldn't get a read on how sick he actually was. And then at the end of season two, he's like not impaired at all. It, it doesn't, doesn't seem like, like. no. Um, so that was surprising. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I know a lot of shows don't have their, their overall plots. I mean, this is kind of like my problem writ large. If we want to open up all the old bald move wounds of uh, better call Saul is that I felt like, there was a natural trajectory to Jimmy at the end of every season, at the beginning of every season. They're like, ah, we're just, we like Jimmy too much. We're not going to, we're not, and Saul's too limiting. We're going to keep it on Jimmy. Another, it, it felt like a, a source, like, like a source, like gravity outside of the show's universe was bending this character to a certain arc. And, uh, you know, some people don't care, you know, it's like, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I like what they're doing and I want more of it. Some people are like, man, it's like for the, you know, like if if at the end of every season Brian Cox has a stroke uh, and has a brain hemorrhage, has to be, and it's like that was a cliffhanger. Um, what kind of show would that be? Yeah. So uh, it's like, yeah, have having maybe he had something simple and it was fixable and everything's cool. They switch his medication. Like I, I don't know. That's I don't know enough about the show to judge it on that merit. Because that's the thing. It's like. 
this is making it seem like if they did a little bit different in the plot where it's like, I guess I'm trying to explain why it's the whole premise. And and people were like, well, why do you like Don Draper? Because he's a rich asshole, right? I think yeah. the thing that's interesting about Don Draper is he's a fraud. Mm-hmm. Like, he's pretending to be someone he's not. That's a very unique and interesting experience. Uh, and he just, he came from truly nothing. And I guess Brian Cox did, too, his character, Logan. But all of his kids, certainly not. Yeah. You know, they've known nothing but luxury. So they're just, and they're the kind of, like, I think, stars of the show. And he's the antagonist. So it's just not mm-hmm. as, as, as interesting to me. Um, I've been, cause I, th- I think about this a lot. Like I, I'm, I'm not trying to be not self-aware. For example, winning time is arguably about rich assholes. It's about the rich, really rich assholes that old to t- own the team and the rich assholes to play for them. Um, but they're working for something that I think is interesting and, and worth the struggle, like a championship. Like that's an inherently interesting thing to work towards a multinational conglomerate buyout. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, uh, this, I'm just working for more. Like, that doesn't... Yeah, at some point, it's like, why? Why are you doing the terrible things you're doing just to get more? You already have enough for a thousand lifetimes. Another example is The Offer. I'm currently watching another show, which is largely about rich assholes vying for each other's power. But it's in the source of making what I consider one of the greatest motion pictures. So, like, yeah. the, the, the thing that they're working and struggling for, I'm engaged with. It's... Like, whereas I feel like all of the Wayfair Royco stuff is just MacGuffin. It, it's it's just there to drive the underlying family drama and plot, which would be honestly so much more interesting if this was set in like Harlan County. <laughs> right. If 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 the Roy, if if the Roys were the um uh the, the Crowders. And like like the, the the power struggle in a vacuum of of a family that's truly desperate and has like would 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 could lose everything to law enforcement believably and easily like that would be interesting. Yeah, do you I guys mean, understand the right? difference? I, it, yeah, the difference is everybody loves an underdog, and these people are fighting over literal scraps. These people are fighting over the rest of the world. They've already got half of it. They just want they're the rest so far of it. above it's, it that they think that po- like that that line where it's like politics. That's the thing that comes at the end of the horse. Like we're we are above everything. We are at the top echelon. We are, you know, we're 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 gods. Yeah. Um, and that man, I don't. That's why I don't like Superman as a character. You know, give give me Wolverine any day. You know, uh, they are essentially supposed to be. Like Disney, right? Like a smaller version of Disney, where they own yeah. theme parks and media right. corporations. Like they are a media corporation, but they own theme parks and they are worldwide. I want to see them more as like old school robber barons because they own newspapers and stuff. But you're right with the theme parks and all that. It is probably more of like this is a family owned, uh, dominated Disney cor- corporation. And I think he's talking about like uh, network television and how like people were saying, oh, you know, you wouldn't watch network TV shows and then boom, I made them and people watched them. So yeah, yeah, I think, and the tension here at the beginning of this first season is the son wants to, K- Kendall wants to take this company in a different direction to start incorporating new media type stuff, uh, brands and, and content online and things. And the old man is resistant to that because he doesn't get it. Which oh, Talith is reminding me Walt, Walt Disney's brother's name was Roy. So they actually might be explicitly <laughs> going for like a combination of 
Robert Murdoch and Walt Disney kind of. Yeah, could be. Uh, but like I said, I and it, I keep coming back to like there is some nuggets of like I I thought um it was interesting to see uh Sheev and her husband's like negotiation of like an open marriage. Um, but again, like <laughs> I don't know, man. There's I feel like that's so much more interesting in like uh, a working class or a middle class home where it's like, well, if this blows up, then what do we do with the kids? What do we do with their family? Where it's like, you know, either one of these guys can walk away from the marriage and or this one guy's like running a campaign. He goes to his dad's like, I need I need I need a I need a I need I need to hit you up for like a little a, a light hundred million. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things where it's like, why? Why, man? What? Your dad, your dad's never going to love you, <laughs> right? He's never going to like your sourdough. Um, and that's the other thing is like I guess uh, there's the other thing is it's some of this stuff hits me as really real. Like uh, their dad, I forget who he like really belittled and you know said he's weak and are, are you going to cry? It's like that reminds me of conversations I had with my dad as a kid, and mm-hmm. like I can sympathize with that. But again, you know he's in a position where he's an adult man who is wealthy in his own right. He can just be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going I'm I'm going to have nothing to do with you people. I'm going to buy a private island and I'm going to studies in Buddhism. I'm going to hire my own Dalai Lama to give me spiritual instruction 24/7. Mm-hmm. And he could just do that. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Harlan yeah. County succession is what I want to see. <laughs> okay. That could work. Uh I'm trying to think of other things in the plot to talk about because boy it is it is kind of a big jump to go from that first episode to the end of season two or greg greg is is, is running the theme park i think uh division uh, the the cruise division is yeah tom wound is up doing in, the cruises yeah and i think greg wind is up running in scandal the parks uh of some sort yeah and it takes a, a good chunk of that episode to really get what's happened uh in the interim but I, I do remember in the interim, like I said, Kendall d- deserves kind of all the shit that he's going to get. He probably deserves to go to prison. I think I think he kills some people or at least a person in season one, just like straight up murder. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how that happens. I remember some like car crash and he like hides bodies or something and I don't know. It was a whole bunch of rich people shit. Like he's at a party and then that goes wrong and somebody dies. Uh, I guess Roman was in jail for some reason. Yeah. Don't, don't really know what that's all about, but yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's also like, um, the stepmother has died between seasons. Like oh. did Kindle, did Kindle smother their, oh, their, uh, is it possible that she was the one he killed? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I can't remember. It's been just several years since I saw that first. Season. I figured that must have been like a maybe that's a season two plot or maybe it was a season one. I feel like a season one finale when you murder your your stepmom or that's pretty big. Yeah, cover up her death or whatever. I guess I felt a I felt a little bit sorry for Tom because it did seem like he got the old switcheroo pulled on him by Shiv. You know, it, it is quite the thing to marry someone and on your wedding night be like oh by the way I want an open relationship I feel right. like that's something you maybe talk about before the marriage 
change. Yeah. Or yeah. or maybe if if it's too late and you realize the the time has passed before the marriage, then you wait a little while. You don't do it immediately. Yeah. And so he's I, like I felt wishy- bad for him a little in that scene. Because he's, he's such a wishy-washy guy anyway. that he's like on the precipice of doing a threesome before he even a voice disagreement of it, and, and then right, not even right. He essentially he essentially limits the scope of the threesome until it's not even a threesome. Like she says, like well, you're trying to turn a threesome into a twosome. Yeah. Uh, like I said that some of that I I don't think that's uninteresting. It's just um, I mean I don't know. I can't I can't uh, explain. I think I've, I've given several examples of like why I might like it in some other circumstance or why I don't like it. This um, I've, I think I'd had the same problem with white Lotus where fundamentally. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's a lot of these same problems in, in uh, um, fellows latest work that the guild, the gilded age. Hmm. Where it's like this is a bunch of rich assholes who are out of touch and, you know, they're, they're trained barons and they're, trains are killing people and you know it's 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 like the, it's quite the dilemma you know uh it's it's right. but it, it but the thing is is that show is just no, everyone laughs at like even the people who are watching it and enjoying it are like oh my god this is so ludicrous whereas when i watch this show it is talked to it's it's I, I i just don't see its spectrum and what it has out there that i can see um, like, like if I covered this show, it would be at least half of it would just be the ravings of a madman talking about how this is an indictment of, uh, our current society, mm-hmm. you know, like I would just be, like, I would, I would just like, there'd be the Soviet anthem playing in that behind half of the fucking podcast. Cause I just can't with this, this, this income, this, this unexamined, uh, wealth disparity. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's get- the other thing I was surprised that in, in two hours that there wasn't ever any kind of like the show winking to you about like, yeah, Jesus Christ. Can you believe these people? It didn't feel, yeah. it felt like that it was all being taken serious. Maybe that's part of the satire. I'm not getting, but yeah, I, I agree. And that, that's the thing. Maybe if I wasn't engaged on these topics in other arenas of my life, this would have more of a place in my life um, to, to kind of educate me on, you know, the problems with this kind of ultra wealthy uh, mentality. But like, I, I get this from other places. I don't, I don't need it in my entertainment. Okay, this might well be a rough transition. It's roughly six to eight weeks after we recorded the original part of the podcast you just heard. Uh, we we started started sweating and feeling feelings feelings about the podcast we'd recorded. Uh, Jim, what, what's 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 happened? What's happened to us with this commission? I I don't know. I felt like it was just a bad podcast at some point. Um, a because like we you know don't see eye to eye with the commissioner right and but we knew that going in so not not a huge deal there but I felt like there was an experiment tried also during this podcast because we were recording it live on Twitch and so we took it to the audience there <laughs> in chat to kind of ask questions and talk uh, prompt us for for other things to talk about with succession and that just kind of sent us spiraling in circles um, talking about. The same things, uh, the same aspects of the show we didn't like over and over again. And we got done with it and we we're like, that's just, that, that wasn't good, right? That yeah. Wasn't good. We, we felt bad about delivering a podcast that we didn't feel good about to our commissioner who has paid a lot of money for this and likes the show. Um, and it, look, we, we can't change our opinion on it, on the show. <laughs> right. Because that would be disingenuous. I'm, I'm not willing to do that. But what I am willing to do is 
try to refine something that we think just went poorly, was executed poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what we're here today doing. Because I was hoping when we took it to the crowd, because like I, I felt slightly unfulfilled. And I always do when mm-hmm. my subjective opinion is just, you know, opposite of a person's. And I'm like trying to justify yeah. why I don't like something beyond just like, well, here's why. Da, 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 da. Um, but I, what I was hoping would be like, it'd be like 10 pe- people step to the mic and would say like different arguments. And I could be like, oh, well, I can see why you think that. But what and it felt like happened is like the same person stepped to the mic 10 times. And I gave like, and it just felt like, by the end of it, I was getting exasperated. I felt like the audience was getting exasperated. Um, it's like that's one of the scenes in Borat where it's like the joke's gone on too far and the crowd's turning against them and, you know, they're starting to throw sure. tomatoes and, and chairs at them. Uh, and it's like, that's like, yeah, that's what happens. And I, I've seen that like there's no good resolution to I like something. Well, I don't like something. Well, I like it. Why don't you like it? There's, there's no good resolution to that. And like, if you, if, if you can't just leave it at that, sometimes it just like, I've seen it happen on so many forums in real life. Um, especially when the subjective opinion is based on a lot of like other subjective things about how you feel about the world and the, uh, economic Mm -hmm. situation. It's like, um, I, I was just uh, um, just this morning I was on for all mankind subreddit and I was seeing people uh, talking about episode four and like towards, you know, the bottom of the downvoted list. Uh, there's these people just talking about how it was a boring episode. Nothing really happened. And yeah, maybe the ending was exciting, but it couldn't save a, a boring episode. And I'm like, how can a thinking person have that opinion? That's like one of the best fucking sh- episodes sure. of a television show I've ever seen. But I'm like, fuck, man, maybe this is the daughter or son of that crazy lady that the, the astronaut lady put on a diaper and drove cross country to shoot her lover. And they think NASA's evil and done their mom. And they just hate astronauts. Like, sure. are they right? Factors. Yeah. yeah are they right? Are they wrong? I, I don't know. And then, but that that's what you deal with sometimes. And I think, you know, yeah, that's what you're dealing with me when you're talking about fucking narco action shit and mm-hmm. you know rich people in their feelings i just i it's it's sure. hard for me to to deal now and yeah we we i was going to say we tried to do right by the commissioner as much as possible here because he's already paid his money for this podcast and we have this policy where we will watch something and if we don't like it we will give you the opportunity to get like half your money back because uh, mm-hmm. we've already invested the time to watch it, but we won't invest the time. And we'll tell you up front if we think that's likely to happen and then you can get all your money yeah. back or you can pick something that that we we might uh, uh, do a better job for you on. Sure. But then once we watched it, we we give you we offer half the money back if we yeah. really think it's not going to be a good podcast. Um, we did that here and we got the response of no, go ahead and do the podcast. And so we did. And then we felt bad about the podcast we recorded because <laughs> we gave him another opportunity. Right. We were like, look, we've got this 40 minute podcast with an extra, you know, half hour or something of, of audience participation and going back and forth in circles. Listen to what we recorded. If you mm-hmm. don't like this podcast, we will still give you half your money back. Even though we have recorded the thing, we just won't release it. You can have it as your own private. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Um, so we gave it to him. He listened to it and he said, yeah, you know, the first 40 minutes 
pretty good when you went to chat it kind of yeah got got bad but he still wanted us to release it so this is this is the final attempt right we're, we're like three He's levels a bald deep move succession truther God, we feel bad because this is a lot of money and yeah we don't think we did the best job and, um, and this is the last time i ever fucking i'm talking about succession <laughs> period period yeah. i just i think yeah. i'm 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 just gonna refer people to this podcast like i said i don't i i i hate that i don't like this show i really do it'd be my life would be so, so much easier so much easier if i loved this show and i talked about it passionately and i was mm-hmm. into all the nuances and the easter eggs and inside jokes it looks like you guys are having a ball and i always hate being on the outside of a cultural phenomenon i'm not one of those like haters that just likes you am i do i seem contrarian i don't know no. so i i hate as much as you guys but i think i'm uh, like I've, I've reached lost levels where it's like i just can't i'm sorry i'm out of step with everybody and it sucks I, I feel like I'm back in junior high and people are, are laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> but um, we were talking the other day, too, and I think we're going to develop some new policies around this for our commission podcast. Right. You had some ideas about that. Did I? I can't remember. Oh, no. Was, what what, what <laughs> yeah, were yeah. they? You, you were saying you were never doing this again. This. Oh, being, I going think into a podcast, knowing that you dislike the material, knowing that the commissioner loves it. And having to defend and just being set up to put in a place where you have to defend why you the don't fact like that something. I don't like it because because I, I what I've observed yeah. is it just doesn't make anyone happy. I, I will say that uh-huh. the, our commissioner Greg here is a real trooper. Uh, he's taking yeah, all this absolutely. with good humor. I think he actually got because originally when we conceived the idea of the commission podcast, we thought what people would do would make us watch terrible things. Uh, and make us squirm and uh, and have to talk about it. And that's not mostly people have shared, you know, things that they universally love, hidden gems and things like this. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, people have used it to um, make us talk about something that we've historically kind of shat on. And I don't know that I want to do those commissions anymore because I always feel bad going into them. I always feel like, oh, God, I, I like what is the combination of words that I could use to describe? Like if your favorite food is cheeseburgers, what are the what is the words I could use to make you come in way and be like, you know what? I see why that guy hates cheeseburgers. I understand. And mm-hmm. I don't I love cheeseburgers. So I'm saying it's like it's it's just uh, I can tell you why, but I don't think those answers are going to satisfy because there's no underlying truth of the matter. You know, all subjective. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. At the end, it's like you either like they're not and and your own personal experiences and biases affect that just as much as anything. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's good policy. It, this has not turned out well. I, the lost one was different because I love the show. So like, there was there was somebody there to and I'd give seen a good deal. But that's the other thing true, is I'd seen true. a good deal of lost. I'd seen like the first two, maybe three seasons. Um, uh-huh. So uh, that's the thing. It's like there's some things where like if someone wanted me to watch, if they did another, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think I like if breaking bad is made today. It was all about the drug tear trade. I'm not sure if I would be as into it as I was 15 years ago, you know, like sure. the war on sure. drugs in this country is just, be- so I, I think I'm, I might, I don't know. This isn't a universal thing. Um, but I do think that I'm, we're, I'm going to push back a little harder against people with these projects where like, if, if there's a show in the future called Damon Lindelof's, perfect show for Jim and Aaron and I see the trailers and I see it's a subject matter and it's about something and I'm like ah man this this doesn't seem like uh, I would like it 
And people are like, but it's Damon Lindelof and it's called the thing that Jim and Aaron would like. I'm just going to be like, I'm sorry, man. Cause like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. And I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like to get paid for things that feels like a bummer. It's that, that's, that's where it starts feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. But anyway, like I said, Greg's been a real sweetheart about all this and he's been really cool. And like I said, I, I really respect the, I, the the fact that he's he's been with us as we try to feel our stupid thoughts as creators about this thing. Because um, I said uh, I asked him if like because we were talking about the, you know, how we should do this. And he goes, well, I think the first 40 minutes where you're just talking about your things are are great. Maybe you can just release that. And I said, well, it's like, OK. And he. And I forget, I said, or I proposed that. And he goes, that sound good or at least not terrible? And he says, this is his final word on the matter. He goes, this is a lot better than not terrible. As I said all along, I did do the commission to get either of you to like the show. I wanted to gleefully force you to watch a couple of episodes and tell us all why you don't like it. I really appreciate your self-awareness of your biases uh, that you bring to your content, yet we're able to acknowledge why the show draws a big audience. It's well-written, acted, directed, the production values, etc., I do not regret commissioning at the podcast in the least. I'm still with you guys. I've been contributing since original Patreon and then to the club. Uh, so yeah, I uh, uh, I got I got nothing bad to say about Greg or even the people like Succession. I don't think you guys are are, are dumb or anything. And, and again, I, I wish I could get on board with it. So yeah, this is the saga. This is what happens when you you take money for per- sometimes sometimes you feel like Julia Roberts sometimes you you feel like the the, the I don't know the, the 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 day after with the chic. I and feel like it's almost turned out <laughs> really well in a strange way, like from a meta perspective. Like yeah. you've gotten more value in your commission from a meta perspective than most people get from their entire commission. It's one of those things where, like, I think we've had three what I would call bad commissions or commissions that I felt angst about doing. And like every single time it happens, I get a new little wrinkle about like, Oh, I think why it happened or, mm-hmm. you know, how we can keep this from happening in the future. Um, and I will say, like I said, this, the, the big thing here is like, again, um, I think some of the other commissioners um, did walk away disappointed. It sounds like Greg is uh guy's he- head held up high on this one. So mm-hmm. like our little corrections and changes of policies ultimately have led us to, uh, a better place. So do you have anything else to say about the succession saga? Jesus. I do not. Uh, well, we often say the best commercial for a commission podcast <laughs> oh, are no. the podcasts themselves. So at the end of this, if you would like to pay us a lot of money to give us our opinions of two ish hours of content, uh, well, have I got a deal for you? Go to support.baldmove.com, click commission a podcast, and uh, it, it'll coach you through the rest. Thank you so much, Greg. We do really appreciate your generous support, and we're really glad that you were cool about this whole thing because it made it a heck of a lot less awkward all around. And apologies to all the diehard suck fans out there. Is that what they call them? Suckies? Suckers. Probably. Yeah, suckers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I love you guys. We'll see you on the next one.